Greetings to you this morning. As Peter said, grace and peace be multiplied to you. Not just added, but multiplied. And uh, I think that's a great thought, that God's grace and peace would be with us. You can turn to Matthew chapter 5. At home at Mount Hermon, I had been going through and have gone through the Beatitudes and picked up each one and, and had a, a sermon on each one. And I'd like to share one of them with you that was especially on my heart as I began to study this and had been before that is uh, verse 11 and 12. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. <clears throat> when we think of those couple verses, I guess my thoughts were, you know, and I appreciated the Sunday school. We tiptoed around it and uh, talked about the sacrifice that God made for us. And certainly he's our perfect example of following through with suffering, uh, giving a sacrifice. And I guess as uh, my heart and mind thought about things in our world today that seems to get more hostile all the time, toward Christianity and to, toward Christians, and we never know what we might face. And I kept thinking about those things, and I thought, you know, we don't have a lot of teaching of, uh, about persecution because we don't necessarily face it here. Um, I would sooner think that our persecution probably is our our ease of life rather than um, being really persecuted. I mean to where we lose our life because of persecution. Um, so a quick glance at this, these verses here seem sort of like, how can that be? If we're persecuted and reviled, uh, spoken falsely against, rejoice. And be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward, which is in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets that were before. And we do see that as we go through scripture in the very beginning. Um, Cain and Abel was probably the first case of righteousness being done and, and somebody killing the other one for it. And so we follow down through scripture and the Old Testament and the New, um, people have always died for their faith. And so, um, I guess as I was thinking about all that and our, our world changing and becoming more hostile, uh, maybe we should think about some things. How would we deal with persecution? How would we be able to stand uh, we're not used to that kind of thing. Turn with me to John 15. 
John chapter 15 and beginning in verse 18. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because, because you are not of the world, I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted, persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. I think I'll stop there. Uh, and it was discussed a little bit in our Sunday school, why are people hostile toward us? And I believe it's exactly what it says here. The world hated the light. They don't care for the light. They don't want light in their lives. And I believe as Christians share their testimony and show uh, their testimony, it becomes a threat to people. It becomes something that they don't like because it, it may expose their sin. It may expose their life. And it's not what they want. And so they become hostile toward that. Um, verse 21, uh, But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. And if not, if I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. They exposed their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which uh, no other man did, they had not had sin, but now they both have seen and hated both me and my father. For this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law, they hate me without cause. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you the from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he will testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. So we see from there that the, the sin exposed is what created that friction. And that is, that is what caused them to, to not like Jesus or to be hostile toward him. 2 Timothy 3, verse 10 and 11, I mean 12, 10 through 12. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at Antioch and at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecution I endured. But out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that I will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And so sometimes I wonder why don't we see more? Are we not verbal enough about our Christian faith? Are we not um, exposing sin maybe like we should? Um, But as the world becomes more hostile toward Christians and righteousness, we may begin to think or wonder, 
how well would we do in a time of persecution? Uh, and maybe we're a little like our neighbor lady. Mary and I were there, and she asked the neighbor lady um, how she feels about death because they're way up in years. They're becoming um, decrepit, I guess you would say. They have a hard time getting around and stuff, and their life is is in, in their 80s and 90s. So, uh, And she said, well, I just try not to think about it. And maybe that's what we would like to do with persecution. We just really don't want to think about it. But I don't think that's the, the way to go. I think we need to think about it. We need to consider it. And our flesh may not like to hear it, uh, but biblical Christianity does not uh, promise us to have a good life, not in the short term at least. Uh, in the long term, yes, it does. We have a lot to look forward to because uh, lots of people have given their lives for the Lord Jesus, and I want to talk about that some more uh, later. But we may not like to hear it. Actually, Jesus tells us that following him will bring many trials and tribulations, times of trouble. Uh, and concluding the Beatitudes, the Savior here to declares, blessed are those, rejoice, because you're counted worthy. Uh, and Jesus does not say if you're persecuted, he says when you are. Uh, so I think attacks from unrighteous people are going to be in inevitable at times for the Christian, not a mere possibility. In fact, persecution uh, is such a part and partial of serving Jesus Christ that we should question our allegiance to Christ if we're not persecuted. And I guess, you know, in, in America here, we don't see a lot of it, and yet all the, uh, a lot of the rest of the world, uh, many are dying for their faith. They're being beheaded. They're being whatever, um, whatever method of death there is. Um, they're facing those things, and yet we don't here, haven't yet. Um, as I said, darkness hates light, and so it's always going to be that conflict. Turn with me to John chapter 3. I'd like to read a few verses there. <clears throat> Verse 19. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifest that they are wrought in God. I believe all of us are happy to come to the light. I trust that you have experienced the light in your life, but many people don't like the light. They don't care for the light because it exposes 
their life. <clears throat> and that's why Peter tells us to, to be on guard, to be sober, to be vigilant, because the adversary, your devil, uh, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resisteth steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren in the world. So uh, the question still comes, how do we prepare for the battles that we might face, uh, persecution? And I guess I have, uh, in thinking about this whole thing, I've did a, quite a bit of reading in the Martyr's Mirror. And I would like to encourage you, if you have a Martyr's Mirror, sit down and read it. Uh, I think in a lot of ways, it would help us to think about how we would face it. How would we face persecution? It helps us to read those stories and know they're not a pretty picture. Uh, and yet, there's something about it that really does encourage you. Uh, there's thousands that have gone before, leaving a trail of blood for their faith. All the way back in Genesis, as we talked about. And I believe the martyr's blood still cries from the earth. Nothing goes unnoticed by God. God sees it. He understands. And he will help us through those times. Uh, I think one thing that I noticed in the martyr's mirror uh, was very prominent among people is their focus was on Christ and living for him. That was it. I mean, nothing else mattered whatsoever. Uh, it was totally toward God and decisions. Uh, back then, during the martyr's mirror time, if you became a Christian, you were, you were basically assigning your death sentence. Um, and yet... Uh, Many did. And I was reading there the, the uh, observation of one man said that for every Christian that was killed for their faith, ten became Christians. It's just like they can't stamp it out. Um, it did something to the world around them that nothing else does. And I really think that it would be the same way here. Um, it would be. How many of you women have, you haven't, I know, uh, have had your back stripped and beaten with rods to try to get you to give up your faith? Those, those things happened. They were very real to those people, and yet they were focused, so focused on, on Christ and living for him and not giving up their faith in fact, I was reading one that where a man was going out to be killed and his wife and two children run along beside him and wanted to, I guess, tell him goodbye or whatever, you know, as a mother and children would. And he said, go away, go away, go back, get away from me, lest I turn away from following through with that death. That's how focused 
they were on living for God, giving their life for Christ. And after persecution and being um, tortured for days, death was, um, they welcomed death. They were ready for death. And, and I believe as they, this, just their whole life was focused on Christ. And I believe that they done that, they possessed, and we do too, possess the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that if we face such things, um, it would become even a greater power to us, the Holy Spirit, um, to take us through that. And it seemed like it certainly did for them. <clears throat> nothing, absolutely nothing, could pry their faith from them. It couldn't be done. And many, many suffered a lot um, before they were executed. Another thing that I think we could work on is being unattached to our earthly things. Oftentimes when people were uh, arrested, their place was also confiscated. Uh, they took their places, they took their money, they took whatever they had, uh, and it became a part of the whatever. They wasn't theirs anymore. And I guess as I thought about that, and yes, we talked about it in Sunday school class, that we shouldn't be attached to the things around us. But you know what? When Monday morning comes, we go right back to work, and we have our things, and I own this piece of property, and I have this house, and, and how much would it mean to us if we knew that next week I might die for this, and I might lose it all? And so I'm saying... One thing that I see a common thread in the persecution of people in the martyr's mirror, they were so unattached to the things of the world. They didn't have, uh, their, their focus was not on that. And I'm not saying your focus is, but I think we can become more focused on that because when I look back at my father, for example, which is not living anymore, he was born, yes, he had some difficult times in life, things he didn't like, but he wasn't persecuted for his faith. People pretty much accepted what he believed and many, many others, um, and he died. And, you know, we follow along. Um, I'm 60 at this point. I've not been persecuted for my faith. People have accepted it. And we've sort of come in this groove of going to work. We have our places. We have our things. And how, how much does it mean to us? And I guess the question came to me, would it be a deterrent for us if we knew that our place, our, everything we have worked hard for all our life was going to be taken? Would it be a way of making us think? Do I really want to follow through with this? And I, you know, I trust that wouldn't be an issue. Um, 
but how attached are we to ours? Let's hold them loosely. Um, and even then, we don't know when we might lose our possessions, our things. Uh, the, the psalmist, or either Proverbs maybe says, uh, to hold them loosely, how quickly they can get wings and fly away. There's lots of ways that we can lose our, what we have. So let's not hang on to them tight. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. <clears throat> Fairly familiar scripture to us. <clears throat> I'll begin reading in verse 32. And what shall I say more, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promise, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, Wax valiant in fight, turn to flight the army to to flight the army of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And another had trial of cruel cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder. They were tempted, they were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and clothesskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should have made, be made perfect. A lot of the old patriarchs looked forward to what was coming and yet they gave their life in such a way here. Um, and I'm always uh, amazed at this. Uh, verse 35 talks about not accepting deliverance. There was a man that was... Um, that I read about in the Martyr's Mirror. Uh, I think people in the, the writings of it, uh, they felt like they really didn't want to kill him, but they were sort of forced to. And they you know, often had their hands tied, had a rope that they were holding on to so they wouldn't get away, get away from him. And this particular one, they let the rope drop and it almost seemed like, according to the writings, that they were hoping he would run so and they wouldn't have pursued it. But even though the rope was dropped, he followed through. He was, he was at that point where he was so willing to give his life for Christ that he didn't want to run. And I found that interesting. Uh, here it talks about some not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Um, a lot of them were stoned, sawn asunder. Uh, I think that's sawn in half. Um, 
They were afflicted. They were tormented. Those are the things we're supposed to rejoice about. Be glad. Uh, for great is our reward in heaven. And could we really rejoice in that kind of um, time? <clears throat> and when we think of the patriarchs, like I said, a lot of them were looking forward to it. They, they hadn't even seen the death of Christ, and yet they were willing to give their life for even that. Uh, we're looking back, and we know that Christ died for us. We know that we, we have the Holy Spirit within our life, and we're willing to, um, I mean, it's much easier for us to look at it and know that the sacrifice has been made. Christ has been our great example. We can follow through that, and we would want to, I know. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. I'll begin reading here in verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you as though some strange things happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch at that ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. And if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or as an evildoer, as a busybody in other man's uh, matters. Yet if any man suffer as a, a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let him glory God on this behalf. For this time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if first begins at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if ye be the righteous, and if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator." Um, I just think that in a time of persecution, the Holy Spirit would so fill us and, and give us that extra uh, strength that we need to follow through with whatever we might face. And many of the disciples were killed for their faith. Many of the people in the, in the scriptures here were being uh, killed for their faith. And they were, they're all examples to us and certainly is an encouragement to us. Matthew 5, 11, 12, Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Our beginning verse there. Rejoice and be uh, glad for great is your word for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Also Proverbs 11, uh, 30 and 31, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. He that winneth souls is wise. Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth. 
much more the wicked and the sinner. We have so much to look forward to. Uh, as he says, the, the sinner is going to be recompensed for his evil deeds as well in not a good way. Uh, Isaiah 40, verse 10 and 11, Behold, the Lord will come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work is before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lamb with his arm, and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead them that are with young. Um, I think as we look at persecution and the, the likes of it, um, we can also look forward that God would be there. He would be a strong hand to us. He is arm that rules. He is like a shepherd. He would follow through. He would be there with us. Uh, he would give us the strength to go through. Also turn with me to Revelations 2 um, for some scriptures there. Revelations 2 and verse 18, And the angel of the church of Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like a fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into a great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins of hearts, and I will give unto every one of them according to your works. And I like this last part, but unto you I say, and unto the rest in thy attire, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depth of Satan, as they spake, speak, I will put upon you no other burden, but that which ye have already hold fast till I come. That which ye already have, hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh, and keepeth my works unto the end, I will give him power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As a vessel of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And I think about this scripture Yes, God knows the sinner. He also knows the righteous person. Uh, he says, hold fast that which ye have. I know that some of you haven't given yourselves over to sin. Some of you have kept the faith. Uh, hold fast to that because he is, he is seeing that. He knows that. He is not shy of hearing and, and seeing his children. 
again, being a shepherd to them. Um, Verse 28 here, Revelations. I will give him the morning star. I believe those that live for God, those that give their life to him, uh, he shall have the brightest and most glorious empire next to that of Christ himself. And it is certain that, you know, the Roman Empire under Constantine the Great was a, was a bright thing. Uh, he was a, a great leader uh, and often looked at as, as brightness. But I believe we have something even much more to look forward to. And Revelation 7.13 talks about that if you want to turn to that. Revelation 7 and verse 13, beginning there at least. And it was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And the power was given him over kindreds and tongues and nations and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose name is not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world if any man hear uh, have an ear let him hear he that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity he that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword Here's the patience and the faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he that hath two, uh, and he that hath two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Um, I don't know. Oh, thirteen. I was not at thirteen. I was up at seven. Uh, Verse 13, and he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he hath power to do in the sight of the beast, saying unto them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image of the beast which had a wound by the sword and did live. And he hath power to give life unto the image of the beast, and the image of the beast should both speak and cause that many would uh, not worship the image of the beast should be killed and he causes all both great and rich and poor and free and bond to receive a mark in their right hand and on their forehead and that no man might buy or sell save he that hath the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name Here is wisdom, let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. It is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, threescore, and six. Um, I'm sorry, things don't make sense here, and I know I did. I want chapter 7, verse 13, and I'm in chapter 13. (laughs) All right, let's try this over. Revelation 7:13. And one of the elders answered and said unto me, What are these that are arrayed in white robes? Which came they? Whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, 
They are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell with them. And they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living water, fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all their tears, all tears from their eyes. This is something that we can look forward to as children of God. Those that have washed their robes, have cleansed, and uh, are part of the Lamb. They are before the throne. They worship him day and night. Those are the things that we can look forward to. And I believe those people that went through tribulation who were tried for their faith and killed for their faith, this is the kind of thing that they were looking forward to. And they were so focused on that that nothing could turn them back. I want to go to one more scripture in chapter 20 of Revelations and verse 4. <clears throat> And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither received the mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. They lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years, but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This was the first resurrection the main verse I wanted to see here is is uh, verse 4 those that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus they were now before the throne uh, never more to be persecuted never more to be tried for their faith but they had uh, eternal life uh, with God himself and they were the ones that were beheaded for the word of God and had not worshipped as I, I did happen to read from revelations there that the beast would cause them to take that mark and here are those that didn't take the mark and they were delivered uh, to death and now they're with Christ and so we have a lot to look forward to and living for God, even though we may face a lot of difficult times, uh, we can know that we will eventually uh, win with Christ, not because of us, but because of what Christ has done for us, we can follow through. And I believe that God would give us the strength, uh, the power, the enablement if we had to do that um, and give our life for it. And I know that all of us would willingly want to do that. Um, it would be hard. And it would be hard to see our loved ones maybe killed for their faith. Uh, whatever we might see. Um, but I believe as we uh, hold loosely the things of this world, as we uh, saturate ourselves in the word of God, and maybe even read... Uh, Martyr's Mirror, some things of people that have gone before. 
how they were able to stand. It's an encouragement to us, and I believe it would be a help, and certainly brothers and sisters in Christ at a time like that for their encouragement would be great. Um, so let's keep encouraging each other in our faith and be strong, be vigilant, because we have a, an adversary that would like to turn us away from the right. Shall we have a song? <clears throat>